Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. And so one of the things in this vision series, we began to look at our vision again. And our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. Our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. Throughout this series, we looked at what does it mean to awaken? What does awake mean? What is an awakening? And we looked at that earlier in the series and what does that have to do about how does that affect us as individuals, as families, as a church and our responsibility to the community. We've looked at the different organizations we partner with in the community and the differences we're making through those organizations. We also looked at some of the mission organizations we partner with to make a difference all around the world. Well, I want to remind you that we are an apostolic house. What does that mean? Is that our denomination? No. Apostolic house, the word apostle means a delegate, a messenger, one sent forth with orders. So as an apostolic house, we're not just concerned with just what happens right here. Our vision is larger than that, and we're called to start campuses throughout Metro Atlanta, Georgia, and the southeastern United States. And we're on our way to do so. And so with the vision map, the Georgia locations are here, of course, our headquarters in Austell, Marietta, which is already in phase three as a campus, Fayetteville, which is in phase two, uh, phase two as a campus, Duluth or Gwinnett, which is in phase one as a campus. And then people say, well, what are the next ones you're planning to open within Georgia? Well, I'm not planning to open any this year, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. But here are the three next ones in Georgia that are on my heart that I'm praying about so that you're aware of as well. Atlanta, somewhere within Atlanta proper. Now, Atlanta's a large city. Which, which area? Don't know yet. That's why I'm still praying about it. But Atlanta is one of the next ones. Also, Macon. Macon is one of the next ones we're looking at as well, followed by Savannah. So those are three of our next ones in Georgia we're looking at and praying about and preparing to do, not this year, but in the future. Also following Augusta, Athens, Dalton, Columbus, Albany, Valdosta, Rome, and Carrollton. Now for the Tennessee location, which may come near the same time as the next Georgia locations, the Tennessee location that's been on my heart actually for about eight years now is Chattanooga. And so praying about it when we're gonna do that, not this year, but preparing for it, but that's one of our next locations as well, Chattanooga, Tennessee. The North Carolina location we're looking at is Asheville, North Carolina. The South Carolina locations we're looking at are Columbia and Hilton Head. The Alabama locations we're praying about is Auburn and Dothan. We are one church in many locations, and we will ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influence the world through the power of the love of Jesus. Now, one of the things we shared earlier this month, and I'll remind you about Faith Plus. Faith Plus is a streaming service that exists to stream faith to this generation. Faith Plus is available online on Roku, Apple TV, as well as Apple, Amazon, Android mobile devices. Faith Plus is the digital outreach of Faith Christian Center. Because yes, we have missions outreach and community outreaches, but we also, if we want to be effective in this generation and beyond, we must have a digital outreach as well. And so Faith Plus is our digital outreach. It's available in app form and on these different devices as well as other places as well. And as we keep going out into the digital world, we will eventually launch a campus in the metaverse. I've already researched to figure out how to do it. I just need a team of people to help me do it. 
And so I've already found out what we need. And shockingly enough, it actually doesn't take as much work to do as you would think about when you hear the word metaverse. But one of the things we know, why would you even move out and have a campus in the metaverse? Well, we know how people are just with social media. You know, there are people who never get off of social media, right? Not just because that's their jobs, they are on social media all day long. Imagine what's gonna happen when the metaverse actually opens up and is accessible to everybody. People are going to live in the metaverse, barely coming out to eat and use a restroom. They are, their life will be the metaverse, right? They will be obsessed with the metaverse. And the only way to reach them with the gospel of Jesus will be going into the metaverse. And so if that's gonna how the world is going, we know how it's going, then we must be there as well to tell people about Jesus. And so one of the things we'll do later on, we'll move into that way where we're prepared to reach people for Jesus inside the metaverse as well. One of the other things we shared earlier this month, it's concerning Faith Christian School. In 2020, we began FCS with a pilot class, and now they're going finishing this school. We have students here in Georgia as well as in other places in the United States. Faith Christian School offers a Christ-centered education in a virtual environment. Every day begins with prayer and confessions of faith. In addition to their core classes, students learn personal financial planning, Mandarin, Spanish, entrepreneurship, biblical Hebrew, and Greek, and more. This is what the students in elementary school, starting elementary school, get every single day. We had a Greek professor who's gone through all the degrees come and speak as a chapel, and he was impressed how the students could translate a text from the Greek. He went on to tell different classes he teach and radio shows. He said, I went to the school and the kids could do it. He said, if the children can learn how to do it, how much more can the adults learn how to do it? And so this is something important that we instill in the young ones as they grow up. We want them not to just start following the calling when they're adult, but begin to start when they are a child. So that's why through Faith Christian School, we offer personalized educational plans. And so not everybody has the same plan because some kids are more advanced than others in certain areas. So think about it this way. If you're in school, you're still in just one grade. You can't take, unless, unless that school offers advanced courses, it's not, op it's not available to you. But we believe that every kid is uniquely anointed and designed by God. And we do our best to provide a unique plan for their educational success. And so that's one of the things Faith Christian School offers, and their open enrollment for the next school year starts on February 1st. So let me give you some updates about some things we've done last year. And so one of the things we announced at the beginning of 2020 is that we are going to build and expand our parking lot. And then when everything happened in 2020, we paused everything and began to resume building and moving forward in that direction in 2021. As you all know, we expanded the parking lot because of your faithful generosity. We completed that project last year. And I, as I promised you, as soon as we finished the parking lot, we'll begin to look for the new van that we raised the money for before. Now, we have the money, we've raised it because of your faithful generosity. The only reason why it's not in our parking lot yet is because of the global supply chain. They're all sold out, everywhere. And we don't want to just get an old one or a used one, no, we want a new one. And so, as soon as it arrives at the dealership we've already selected, you'll see it in the parking lot after we wrap it. And so that's something that we're working towards with that. So thank you for your faithful generosity that's already taken care of. I just wanted to update you on that. The next thing we want to do here, which we're about to start, is building our 20-foot sign off of East-West Connector and Schremer Point Parkway. We have a beautiful property here, but the thing is most people don't know we're here. Most people began to know we're here because of the billboard we began to rent out off of East-West Connector further down the street. 
But when we build our own sign, we're able to update it as often as we want, and it directs people directly to where we are. And so we're about to start the process, get the permits, all the things to build it. We've already had the spot selected, but you'll be able to see it from East-West Connector. It'll be right there on the corner, about 20 feet high. It's gonna light up during the night, and it'll be a digital sign on there that we can update with all the different things that are going on. So that is the project that we're working towards right now. And so if you're looking toward to give to a project that we're doing, it is the sign. That is what we're doing right now. Now, he said, well, what are we going to do after the sign? Well, I'm glad you asked. Thank you for asking that wonderful question. Our next focus after we build the sign is to build Faith Park. And so we began to do some groundwork towards that before the fall set last year, some things we had to fix in the ground, some grass we had to reseed and et cetera. And we'll keep working towards that progress. But after we have the sign built, we will begin to put up the gazebos and the trees and the bushes and all the beautiful things that we want out there. And so I'll give you the updates about that when we officially start that after the sign is done, all right? So we'll do the sign first, and then we'll move to Faith Park. You say, what is in your heart? Why do you want to have Faith Park in the front? One, we, I, I like to try things out and experiment before we did it. So I experimented last year in Harvest Fest. So you remember how we had Harvest Fest, and we had the food trucks, and we all hung out and had a great time? That was also my experiment, how, what I want to do with Faith Park. So imagine this. Church is over. You go outside. There are gazebos and food trucks. And so for the parents that cook food for the kids afterwards and looking for a restaurant, you won't have to do that. It's right outside. And one of the things I want to build in the middle of Faith Park is a nice playground to let the kids burn their energy. Because I don't know about you, I know my kids are got a whole bunch of energy. Anybody's kids got a whole lot of energy? They're just like, how? Where? You don't even drink coffee. What is going on here? But the thing is, the word is important. The move of the Holy Ghost is important. These are the top two things, but so is fellowship and community. And so as we build that park and make the gazebos open, we'll have places where after church you can go hang out and spend time with your faith family, where the kids can run around and play, where we can have a good time as a faith family. And eventually, you know, we'll start on the 50 Sundays, fifth Sundays having the food trucks available, but eventually as we keep building, this will become our regular thing. That where it's not a once in a while thing, but this is regular. Hey, we go to church. We get the word. We move with the Holy Ghost. We have fun. Then afterwards, we're together as a faith family enjoying life together. So that's why we're building Faith Park in the way we're going to build it. It's one of the reasons why when people, uh, construct people say, well, we'll put a parking lot in front of the church. They're like, no, you won't. We're building a park right there, and that's going to be for that express purpose. That's where we're moving forward when we start Faith Park, and I'll tell you about that after we build the sign. Amen? Next, one of the things you'll see, uh, they'll put the slide up there, but you already see it's available on our website, is something we're calling initiatives. Because one of the things I've talked about it in the last few weeks to talk about again today, we're all part of this vision. It's not just one person, it's all of us. And at times, you may have ideas on your heart. It was like, hey, we can make a difference in this community if we did this. We can make a difference in the faith family if we did this. Oh, how do I share that information? And so we've made it already available on our website that if you go to FCCGA.com, you'll see a logo that says, speak up. We want to hear from you. It'll take you to a link to a form where you can fill out the information about how we can take this initiative further. Because one thing is to have an idea, but it's better to have a plan. And so I know a lot of you have ideas and concepts and insights in your heart, initiatives in your heart from the Holy Ghost, so that we can take this further to be a blessing to more organizations, 
to be a blessing to this community, to change lives, to better the faith family as a whole. And if you have those ideas, we want to hear from you. And so you'll see a spot, of course, you put your name, the information, what is your idea. And there's also a spot where you can attach a document, where you can put all the supporting documents so we begin to walk through that process. And so for those of you, because some of your eyes have already gotten really big and started writing. And so for those of you who have those ideas, take some time, plan it out, think it through, and submit it. We love to go forward into this future together. Amen? You know, it's like team. You know, it's called team. It means together, everyone accomplishes more. We're doing this together. Amen? Now, two other things I want to highlight. I do not plan to open any new campuses this year. My focus is strengthening our campuses that we currently have. We want to strengthen the campuses we have in Austell, Marietta, Fayetteville, and Gwinnett as we go through this year of rest, renewal, and refreshing. So our goal this year where other campuses are concerned are to strengthen the ones that we currently have and begin to lay the groundwork when it comes to concerns expanding to the other 21 locations. So the focus is strengthening what we already have and preparing to lay the groundwork for the expansion for what we will do in the future. So we're strengthening what we currently have and preparing to lay the groundwork for the expansion to the future to the other places God would have us go. And so that's what we're focusing on this year as we go through our year of rest, refreshing, renewal, and revival. The second thing, now I'm not opening this year. Say, Pastor, it's not. Open it this year. Let's say it again. Say, Pastor is not opening it this year. So if you call the church on tomorrow and say, ooh, the pastor can open that next year? No, I didn't say when I'm going to open it. I'm just telling you this idea so you can start praying about it with me, okay? I'm not opening it this year. I'm not announcing an open date for this. I just need y'all to pray. Amen? So let's say, so why am I telling you this? So that you can? Pray. Let's try it again. So why am I telling you this? So that you can? And so one of the things that has been on my heart to do, and I began to research it a little bit last year, and began to talk to others and began to plan towards this, and I'm letting you know so that we can pray it through because something this size and this impact is going to take the prayers of the saints. I want to eventually open here a Faith Christian Center counseling center that is staffed by anointed, word-believing, Holy Ghost-filled, therapists and counselors who are licensed in their profession, and what they provide is free to every member of Faith Christian Center. One of the things we've experienced in the midst of the pandemic has been also a mental health crisis. And the thing is, I believe that God anoints therapists and counselors. I believe that there are those out there, we found a few in this beginning process already, who believe the word, who flow with the Holy Ghost, and who can advise you and offer you sound biblical counsel with the education and the anointing they have that it comes with their license. And so to do this, it takes a lot of groundwork, a lot of prep work, and a lot of prayer. And so that's why I want you guys to start praying about it now, because it's going to take a little while to begin to do this. But if we begin praying about it now, by the time we actually launch it, we're already set up for success because every success first is a prayer success. And so my goal with this, I'll repeat this, that if you're a member of faith, the counseling center services are free to you. You don't have to pay anything because you are a member here and membership has its privileges. So that is what we're working towards that. 
because I believe in the Holy Ghost. I believe in the Word. I also believe in counselors. I believe in doctors. Jesus anoints doctors. You know that? <laughs> Jesus anoints therapists. You know that? And there are members in the body of Christ who God has anointed to do that. And so we're pairing this process so that every member of faith has access to anointed, word-believing, mental health care because they're a member of Faith Christian Center. That's what we're working towards, and that's what we'll provide. It may take some time as we go through these steps, but I need you to begin to pray with me concerning this as we begin to lay the groundwork. And as we get closer, I'll let you know, but we need to pray about this. Someone asked when I began to share with some of the faith leaders last week about this idea. This is, will we open this up to the public? It's possible in the future, but that is not my number one goal. My number one goal is to provide this service to the faith family. And part of the process of researching and talking with some other community leaders about this, they said, Carrick, you better not tell the public because it will be filled on day one. I said, I know it would be. That's why I'm not preparing it for the public first. It's for the faith family. And so this is what we're working towards, but it's going to take your prayers and your support to get there. Amen? And so he's like, well, what day are we opening? I don't know, but start praying. Amen? And as we get closer, I will update you on that. Now our mission statement. Our mission statement is how we fulfill our vision statement. Our mission statement is to create an environment where anyone can experience the love of God, understand his word, and become a part of a family who radically impacts our communities and the world. We talked about it last week. How do we create an environment? An environment is created by what we do consistently. To create an environment where anyone can experience the love of God, understand his word, and become part of a family who radically impacts our communities and the world, it's going to take all of us giving our supply consistently. Say, our supply. Now go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, we'll start with verse 11. And he, Jesus, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why did Jesus give these ministry gifts, as we call them? For the perfecting or the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry. So he gave these gifts to mature the saints so the saints can do the work of the ministry. So that the, for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ till we all come into the unity of the faith, not the uniformity of the faith, but the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect or mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him and all things which is the head, even Christ." from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying or the building itself up in love. The Amplified Classic Edition of verse 16 says, For because of him, the whole body, the church, and all its various parts, closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied, when each part with power adapted to its needs, is working properly, and all its functions grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. The New Living Translation says, He makes a whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing in full 
of love. And so there is the global body of Christ, the big C church, the universal church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's also us, our local church, Faith Christian Center, our one church in many locations. Each one of us has a supply. Each one of us has a special work. And when we come together and all do our special works together, when we come together and all bring our supplies together, the body grows and it impacts more because we each bring our supply. Say, I have a supply. Say, I have a special work. Go with me to Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. You have a supply. Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. It says, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation, that's what the Apostle Paul is saying, through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. The message version says it this way, through your faithful prayers and the generous response of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, everything he wants to do and through me will be done. There was a connection to the prayers of the church of Philippi and their supply. Paul called it the, in the message version the response. What is the response of the Spirit? To the prayers. They prayed, and Paul said, I'm confident through your prayers and the response of the Spirit because of your prayers, everything God wants to happen is going to happen. See, one of the things when he studied out the Apostle Paul, one of the things he really, 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 I mean, really believed in is the prayers of the church. Because he would ask all these churches, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Come on, if the Apostle Paul needed prayer, we all need prayer. He would say, pray for me. Even when he go through the book of Acts, when he's heading to dangerous situations, you just want to see why he was so confident he would get to Rome. He sent the epistle of Romans, the letter to Rome, ahead of time and said, I want you to pray about these three things for me. And everything the church of Rome prayed about came to pass, and Paul got there safely. He was confident he would arrive in Rome because there was a praying church. Someone once asked Charles Spurgeon, who's a powerful preacher of hundreds of years ago, says, what is the secret of your success? He said, my people pray for me. They asked him, what is the secret to your success? He says, my people pray for me. If we want to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus and do all the things we've talked about and more, we have to be a praying people. You say, well, I don't have time to pray. You don't have time not to pray. And it's more than God bless me, my four no more, amen, bless his food too, Jesus. No, it's about being, giving yourself to prayer. Finding time to pray. So like, Pastor, like, well, if I'm honest, my attention span is not that long. I didn't say you had to pray an hour straight. You might be only able to focus for five minutes. We'll start there. And then 15 minutes, find another five minutes. Whether you can pray hours straight or you just have to pray in five-minute pockets throughout the day, whichever it is, become a person of prayer and be effective in your prayer life. From praying the Word, praying prayers based on the Word, praying prayers from the Word of God, and praying in the Holy Ghost. You must be a person of of prayer. We must be a church of prayer. As I was preparing this message and thinking about, I remembered the first series I did on Wednesday nights when I became pastor here almost eight years ago. It was a twin, over 20 weeks on prayer. And Bishop called, hey, what are you preaching on? I said, prayer. What part? I'm like, 20-something. I'm like, well, that's how you lay a foundation. And the thing is, if we want to have impact in this life, we got to pray. It's not just by our might. It's by the Spirit of God who's working in us and through us. 
We have to be people of prayer who consistently turn to prayer. This prayer will motivate us to action. So I'm not saying just pray only, but our actions will not be as effective if we don't have a powerful prayer life. I heard this quote the other week, and it rings true. It says, our prayerlessness reveals the belief that we think we can do it on our own. And so if you lack prayer and you don't have a prayer life and you're just going out and doing whatever you want to do, you believe you can do everything on your own. And if you have a vision for your life that you can accomplish by yourself, you dream too small, think too small, and see too small. You need to have a vision for your life that's going to take the power of God to accomplish. You need to have a vision for your family that's going to take the power of God to accomplish. We have a vision for the church that's going to take the power of God to accomplish. We need God to do some things in order to make this difference. Because if not, we just stay in our little corner, stay in our own little walls, sing our little songs, and say we had a good church today and go home. No. Lives have to be transformed. Families have to be transformed. Communities have to be transformed. Why? Jesus is coming back. We have work to do. When he comes back, he doesn't want to see us hiding out, going, oh, Jesus, I stayed holy, I stayed at home. No, make a difference. What is going to bring him more joy? Because he says, when he comes back, will he find faith in the earth? And that faith was connected to a prayer life, but it's also connected to obedience. Will he find a people who are still people of prayer and actually acting like the word is true? That is what he's looking for but it's going to take us standing up to do it. So I'm calling you to a higher place of prayer. Each one of you, every individual, every family, calling you to a higher place of prayer. Yes, pray for you and your family, but also pray for your church family. Pray where this vision is concerned. And the more you spend time in prayer, God will give you prayer assignments and people to pray for. But you won't get prayer assignments if you don't make yourself available in prayer. So I'm saying, oh, I want God to give me a prayer assignment. Well, make yourself available in prayer consistently, and then he'll give you an assignment. Why would he give you an assignment that you won't even pray about because you don't even pray normally? If you want to be effective in prayer and get out there and pray and make a difference in the realms of the Spirit, you have to be consistent first. Because, see, if you're consistent in your place of prayer, your place of prayer begins to change things. And I'm not talking about the place in your house you pray from. I'm talking the place in the spirit you pray from. That when you go places, things listen to your voice. They know you've been authorized and deputized because they see that prayer life on you. That you go places, the enemy gets kind of nervous because it's since heaven. But you're not going to have that impact if you're not a person of prayer. And it's not just for the preacher to pray and the intercessors to pray. It's all of us. So I'm not called to pray. If you are born again, you are called and invited to pray. I'm not anointed to pray. You are a Christian. You are anointed to pray. All of us must pray. We must take that time and yield to the Spirit and allow him to pray through us the perfect will of God and do it on a regular basis. You might say, well, I don't have time to pray an extra hour every day, but you have five minutes. And you may have a day where you can take an hour to pray. Then use it. Other times, you may have five minutes. But you're looking for that opportunity to pray. Ah, another 10 minutes in traffic. It is Atlanta. Well, take 10 minutes and pray. Look for opportunities to pray. Look for opportunities to yield to the Spirit of God so he can make a difference through your prayer life. You might say, well, I'm not that advanced in prayer. You got to start somewhere. 
And as you keep going, you'll begin to make a difference. That wherever you work, people come to you and say, hey, can you just pray about this for me? And it's handled. Because you're there. And then you teach them how to pray. And then it makes a difference. So I'm calling you to a higher place of prayer. Now I'm also calling you to a higher place of service. There are a number of you who serve faithfully here at Faith all the time, and I'm thankful for each one of you of Team Faith. But there are some of you who are not serving, and it's time for you to serve. It's time for you to volunteer. It's time for you to help. There's so many different ways to serve. There's the teams that need, every team needs more people to serve. But there's also a number of people who serve in the background, who you'll never see, but they're serving on Sundays or during the week, helping out, being a great blessing, assisting, doing wonderful things that no one else will see, but Jesus sees. And we're grateful for each and every person who does that. Every one of you has the ability and the gifting to serve. We're all called to do it. I would never ask someone to do something that I'm not willing to do. And as I began to share, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, before I was ever a minister, I had served almost every single department in the church. I've led praise and worship. I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. Thank you, Minister Dathan. Thank you, Sister Camille. Thank you, wonderful praise team. I'll let y'all work in your gift. I've done that before. I've been in the parking lot in zero degrees, wondering, God, who sinned for it to be this cold? I've been in the parking lot when it's been over 100 degrees, going, Lord, I definitely don't want to go to hell. Thank God. I've cleaned toilets. I've vacuumed carpets. I've prepared food. I've served in kids' world and youth ministry. I've been an usher. I've done pretty much anything that I was able to do. And I've been doing it since I was seven. So I would never ask someone to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. And I'm a person who can say, I know the impact it's made, not in just other people's life because I served. I know what happened to my life because I served. Made myself available to be a blessing that I know there are harvests coming to my family because I served years ago. See, I'm confident that any time my kids growing up need to hear a positive word from somebody, it's going to come to them because I was that person for other people's children. I was that person for other people's teenagers. I've sowed that seed in the ground. And so the thing is, you serving will make a difference for you and your family and your future. And so for those of you who are not serving, I'm calling you to serve. For those who say, well, I sat myself down, well, stand yourself back up. Because unless Jesus sat you down, you need to stand back up. Because the thing is, if we all, this church, if we all get together and serve, guess what? Everybody doesn't have to serve every week. Why? Because we're all serving and doing our part. So, oh, I just can't serve with kids. I didn't ask you to serve with kids. There are people who are anointed to serve with kids. And if you don't like kids, do not serve in kids' work. Don't worry, we'll even let you through the door. It's like, no, the Lord has called you somewhere else. But there's a place for you to serve. There's a place for you to be a part. Whether your person says, you know what? I just like serving in the background. What can I do online? We have something for you. So, well, I like greeting people. We got something for you. So, well, I like being in the parking lot. We got something for you. There is a place for you, and I'm calling you to a higher place of service. I'm also continually calling you to a higher place of attendance. Now, the thing is, I want to point this out. I think you guys have done phenomenal over the last two years. Attending church online and in person, how often you attend has broken the national statistic. I'm proud of y'all. Where they say, oh, this has happened to all the churches. Like, well, not for us. We've actually grown. I'm proud of y'all. Go ahead, give yourself a hand. I'm proud of y'all. 
But how many know we can keep going up? We can keep doing better. Whether it's in person or different campuses or online, we can keep going up. I'm calling it to a higher place of giving, but I also want to say I'm proud of you how y'all been giving. For tithes and offering over and above, you guys have been doing a great job. Give yourselves a hand. Over the last couple of years, we've not just been able to do what we needed to do at Faith Christian Center. We've also been, been able to help other churches, ministries, organizations, people in trouble. We've been able to give, give consistently to them because of your faithful generosity. It's because of you, and I'm very proud of you. But we can go to a higher place. Well, Pastor, how can I give more? I didn't make more. Well, why don't you believe for more to come in? Because if, if we're calling you to a higher place of giving— then you need to get to a higher place of receiving. So just say, well, pastor called us a higher place of giving. Well, I believe my income's going up. I believe my income's going up. My bills are going down. So you take the challenge of a higher place of giving as a place of faith and say, well, I guess I'm about to increase. So I'm going to give you guys a chance again. I'm going to say I'm calling to a higher place of giving. You guys get excited because you're, be, you're, you're believing for increase, right? I'm calling you to a higher place of giving. We're going up. We're increasing. I've heard testimonies from a number of y'all. Jesus has been really good to some of y'all. Re like, really? Like, well, like, well, dear Lord. <laughs> I tell some of the young people, I said, if you see some of our seniors just start shouting and dancing and running, just get close. Hopefully it rubs off. Because I know some of the testimonies, what God has done in the lives of our seniors over the last couple years. It has been phenomenal. So some of you young people, just, just follow them around. <laughs> And you turn around and say, why are you following me? I don't know. I want something incredible to happen. Just teach me. We're going up together. And for those of you who have fallen on hard times the last two years, don't say this is your life. He is a restorer. He's a redeemer. You're going up. So I've hit rock bottom. Guess what? The only other way to go, up. And we go up together. You have a faith family. Stop acting like you by yourself. We go up together. Don't be the lone wolf. Oh, I'm having hard times. I can't tell people. They'll think I'm needy. We're all needy. Every single one of us is needy. We need Jesus. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the Word. We need our faith family. We need people to pray for us. We all are needy. So don't let Satan lie to you and say, well, I got too many issues. I can't tell somebody. I need to skip church for three months. Don't you do that. I tell people all the time, they go through something. I said, don't you dare disappear on me. So, oh, well, pastor knows what I'm going through. I said, don't you dare disappear. I need to see you even more. I need to see you walk in the sanctuary, wave at me, watching online, say, hey, pastor, I'm watching. So, oh, pastor, not watching. I'm watching way more than you think I am. And then I add to so some people, don't make me come find you. We're in this together. We're going up together. We do this as a faith family. And we'll make a difference in lives all around this community, the metro area, this state, this region, and the world. So go with me to Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Let's begin to bring this to a close. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. And Brother Eric, I'm going to need your help at this part. It says, this is instruction to pastors, to shepherds, 
Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Notice one of the things he tells them to do, to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Now, that word feed means more than just feed, but one of the definitions is to feed. One of the jobs of the pastor is to make sure you're fed the word of God. That is one of my chief assignments, to make sure I'm bringing the word to you or putting this people, people in the pulpit who are bringing the word of God to you in a consistent basis, line upon line, precept upon precept. We are bringing you the word of God because it's my job to feed you the word of God. It's a job I take very seriously. So sometimes it's gonna help you with this point. I have to take off the sports coat. Brother Eric, if you can help me for a second. And one of the things you guys have seen, you know, throughout the examples I've done this month, you know, how I like sci-fi. And I've done a lot of sci-fi examples. But you know what, I also like to cook. And to get this example, I'm gonna take off my sport coat and put on my chef's uniform. I like to cook. I've been cooking since I was a preteen. There's a lot of things I like to cook, but how about we cook some cookies today? Anybody like cookies? Anybody like cookies? So, you know, most cookies you need some type of milk, and I've got some almond milk for you who are lactose intolerant. It's going to help you all out, be a blessing to your neighbor and to your family members. <laughs> got some sugar. We need some sugar. You know what? My favorite cookies are oatmeal raisin. So we got our oatmeal here. Let's see, got some other ingredients right here. If we put all these in the bowl together, that what it takes next, flour, the sugar, the oats, the milk, for oatmeal raisin cookies, I, I'm missing something. I think I need raisins. How can I make oatmeal raisin cookies without raisins. Does anybody have some raisins? You got some raisins? Can you bring me some raisins? <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh. oh, thank you. See, I can't make oatmeal raisins without raisins. See, it's my job to bring the word, but I'm not supposed to bring all the ingredients. There are ingredients that I'm supposed to bring, but there's also ingredients called the supply that you're supposed to bring. See, I couldn't have oatmeal raisins cookies unless they brought their supply. But you know, I like oatmeal raisin cookies. Some of y'all don't. Some of y'all like chocolate chip. But wait a minute, am I supposed to minister in a way that's not just for me? 
Am I supposed to think about somebody who's not like me, different than me, and prepare for people who are not just like the people who are in this room? Maybe, just maybe there's somebody else out there who needs a different style of ministry, so we have to open up a new type of campus to reach them. Maybe we have to be multifaceted and multicultural and very diverse so we can do what God has called us to do. Maybe we have to do something different than we've done in the almost 30 years of our history as a church. Maybe, just maybe, we have to do something different. Man, if I want chocolate chip cookies, I think we might have to do something different. Does anybody have any chocolate chips? We gotta do something different to go into our future. We can't just do what we used to do in the past. Oh, somebody has some chocolate chips for me. See, it's gonna take all of us, because all of us bring a supply. That if we're going to feed effectively, we have to have our supply. And see, something else you got to do, if you're going to have a life God wants you to have, you got to stir some things up. Because some of you are wore out because you stopped stirring yourself up. The scriptures stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. You got to keep yourself stirred up if you're going to walk into the future that God has for you this year. And you can't fall into the religious, spiritually sounding trap of people who, when they leave church, say, well, I'm just not being fed anymore. You see, it reminds me about the correction the author of the book of Hebrews wrote. He told them, I have to give you guys milk again and feed you like babies again when you should be teachers. He didn't say they had to be behind the pulpit, but they're supposed to be pouring out what they received. Maybe, just maybe, you're not being fed the way you used to be because you're not eating the way you should that you should eat at a higher level, but you can't eat at a higher level because you're still putting on your bib. It's time for us at faith to take off our bib and pick up an apron. It's not just for us, oh, come feed me. No, we're bringing our supply. It's time for us as believers throughout this church to put on our apron so that we can make the meal the community needs to make a difference. It's not just saying, well, I'm coming to the word. I'm a consumer. Feed me, Jesus. It's time to take off the bib and put on an apron. It's time to bring our supply. It's time to bring the different ingredients because we all come together. One of the things you'll realize that as you come with a mindset, I have something to give, I have something to offer, I have a supply, you will eat on a higher level, which means you'll get things you didn't get before. You'll see things you didn't see before, why? Because you're pouring out. I remember a media company asked me last year, I was at a conference to promote some stuff we're doing with Faith Plus. They said, Carrick, are you concerned with how people are receiving the word, staying home and online, and just eating the word at home? I said, I'm not concerned about them getting the word at home. I'm concerned what are they doing with the word they receive? Because some people, you may be in the building, but you've just came to get the word and you leave. You do nothing with what you receive. You have to put it into practice. It's not just being consumers, it's coming to get the word. It's coming to get the word and doing something with the word you receive and offering your supply. If we make a difference, it's all of us coming together. If we make a difference, it's all of us bring our supply together. That's how we ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. It's all of us bring our supply. So whether your supply is raisins, you bring your supply. Whether your supply is chocolate chips, you bring your supply. Whether you say, I can't even eat that stuff. I like sugar cookies, you bring your supply. So I like peanut butter, you bring your supply. Whatever it may be, you bring your supply. Well, I like oils, bring your supply. All of us coming together. All of us bringing our supply. Say, well, I'm different. We all different. I'm weird, we're all a little weird. 
We really are. But you know what makes us? Because one of the things I know about this faith family, we're very different. And you know what? That equips us to minister to a lot of people. See, I use all these sci-fi examples this month because it relates to people who like sci-fi. Do you know there are people who have actually joined this church because I used a sci-fi example? They said, that's my pastor up there. He talked about Star Wars and compared it to Jesus. Yes, let's go. It reaches. He's like, oh, they would never talk about Star Wars in church I grew up in. Well, we're not in the church you grew up in. We have to go forward. Jesus is coming back. We have work to do. If we want more from the Word, we got to put more pressure on the Word. It's not just eating, it's actually applying. It's actually living, it's bringing our supply. It's us coming together. That's how we make a difference. Yes, my chief job is to feed you the Word of God, but the meal's on a higher level because we all come and bring our supply. Because people are ministered to before they even hear me open my mouth on Sunday. Because someone brought their supply in the parking lot. Someone brought their supply in the lobby greeting them. Someone brought their supply in checking the kids into kids' world, ministering to the kids. Some of the first breaks some of you parents had this week is because your kids are in kids' world. You're so grateful. Like, Pastor, preach another 30 minutes because I need a little bit more of a break. Someone brought their supply when they directed you to the seat. The praise team and the band brought their supply as they led us in praise and worship. The media team and the sound team are bringing their supply. The people who are working in the back in the altar guild to get people ready to be baptized and prepare the communion, they brought their supply. The people, the admin support team who do things during the week and behind the scenes on Sundays brought their supply. The people who do outreach into our nursing home and what we do with our outreach ministry, they brought their supply. The people who are doing different things at our different campuses are bringing their supply. As we come together, lives are being changed because of the supply we all bring together. We must bring the supply. We must change our mentality. Not come to church with a bib, come to church with an apron. It's a mentality we all have to adopt. I'm not talking about directly people who just got saved two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Or you got some time to grow. But a lot of y'all have been with me a while. Saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, a mighty burning fire, headed to heaven for a long time. Long, 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 long time. Some of y'all been saved longer than I've been alive. And if that's the case, we have something to offer. All of us together. One of the things I'm very intentional about is we are not a young people's church or this type of church. We are a multi-generational church. It takes all of us coming together every background from Generation Z to Millennials to Gen X to Baby Boomers to the Greater Generation, all of us together. All of us from our different backgrounds, our different educations, our different cities we've come from gathered here. God has us here for a specific purpose. He's brought us together for a specific purpose. And together we will make a difference. You have something to offer. You have a supply. What God put in you matters. Stop discounting your supply. So I'm not called to preach. Some of you probably could preach, but you wouldn't forgive me if I made you preach. You'd probably give a good word. It's like, I'll take two years to forgive pastor for making me stand in front of all those people. <laughs> your call is not to preach, but you still have a supply. Your call may not be to sing, and thank God, don't, don't take that mic. Don't. The Bible says make a joyful noise, but it didn't say make it over a mic. 
Your call may not to be lead praise and worship. We're singing on the praise team. That's okay, but you still have a supply. And what you do matters. What you do makes a difference. We have to bring our supply consistently. I'll close with this. I shared with the story last week. And there was something we began to do as we began to shift as a faith family go to what God had for us as we celebrated our 25th anniversary. And a person who was helping me do a lot of those things, he said, you know what? For years, I thought my training was for my career, but I realized I was trained for the last 20 years for the sake of my church family. He brought what he learned in his corporate background, his business background, and it made a difference. This caused more people to be reached. You have something to offer. Stop discounting what you have. God puts in you ideas, concepts, and insights. We want to hear from you, so submit it in the initiative. God has put a graces and anointings in you so that you can serve. I'm so grateful for everybody who served in kids' world when I was a child. They poured into me. Some of you are receiving because those people poured into me. It makes a difference for years beyond what you do. You have a supply. You don't have to be an adult to have a supply. As a child, as a teenager, you have a supply. We're not a young people's church or old people's church with a church. The young people are not the future of the church. They're the church right now. All of us together. All of us encouraging the other together. So let's all step up and do more. And if I have someone reach out to you and say, hey, pastor wants to talk to you. Don't think you did something wrong. Because I call and say, hey, I want to talk to you. Oh, the principal's office. I, you, didn't do, you didn't do anything wrong. I just heard you have some expertise in this area. I wanted to pick your brain about it. I want you to help this person in the faith family. I want you to assist in this area. We've got to step up and do it together. Together, we're going to make a difference. Together, we're going to ignite and awaken and impact George and influence the world through the power of the love of Jesus. Together, we're going to get this done. Amen. Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it's strengthening you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the Metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at fccga.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You could also visit us on our social media pages on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook on YouTube. We'd love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast, and then we have our daily devotional podcast, which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in, and remember, something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. God bless.